there's a, a lot of things that we see and hear about at Christmas that has nothing to do with Christmas. Not not talking about, you know, the real reason of Christmas and the world's reason for Christmas, but just, you know, like our grandma got run over by a reindeer. Really? That's a cool song, isn't it? Or how about Eartha Kitt and Madonna and numerous others that sing about Santa baby. Come on, man. Santa's no sexy person by any means. I guess maybe some women like fat men with a white beard. I don't know, that they only see once a year. But I guess I don't get the connection. Even Frosty the Snowman. I mean, that has nothing to do with Christmas. It's a winter song, but has nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, I just got done listening to the Beach Boys Christmas album. And there's a song on there, Little Saint Nick. And one line in the song says, Christmas comes this time each year. Really? No kidding? How about that? <laughs> just think of it. it. It's been on December 25th every year. What about that, huh? Would they sing the same about the 4th of July? Well, maybe, because now we don't sometimes celebrate it on the 4th. It, it may be on the 5th or the 2nd or the 3rd or whatever. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to just wipe out December 25th, totally take it off the calendar. There's one Christmas song that gets me every time, though. And that's the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Now, it's not a spiritual song, not a Christian song. But back in 1989, 1990, was my first appointment as a pastor. Part-time church out in the middle of no place. And at the Christmas program that they put on, uh, our three boys, who were at that time like maybe four to six and eight or around there, give or take a year. And they were all dressed up in military uniforms. One of them had my uniform on and the other two had uniforms from somebody else that had been in the service. And they were singing that song. Man, that, that still gets me. I mean, every time I think of it, I see those three boys up there in uniforms. But getting back to the things that have nothing to do with Christmas, how about some of the stuffed animals at Walmart that I've seen? How about a, a flamingo with a Santa hat on? Yeah, nothing talks about Christmas more than a flamingo, right? I mean, I like flamingos. Okay, whenever any of our kids, grandkids, go to the zoo and there's flamingos there, they take a picture and send it to me. Okay, the world is going to great lengths to trash the real reason for Christmas. You know, I was surprised the other day when I saw that in Indiana, that the court said that the live nativity that was being held on the, the court property or the town village property was allowed to stay. You know, as children of the living God, we need to start standing up and make sure that happens more often. Let's pray. 
Father, we give you thanks for your word because your word gives us the true and only meaning that there is for Christmas. Uh, help us to, to spread that word that uh, here in just a few days, it's going to be Christmas, Christmas Eve. And like the pastor said this past Sunday, you know, now is the time that most people that would never go to church would maybe go to church to a Christmas Eve service. Uh, and so let us make sure that we're inviting people and tell them, you know, we'll stop and pick you up, okay? We'll make sure that you get there because that may be the only time that they hear the real Christmas story. So, Lord, as we look at your word and we see what you've got for us in this message, Father, we just ask for your blessing on it. Lord, let your Holy Spirit do its work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's three things that I miss because I'm no longer pastoring a church. One is preaching on Sunday morning. Uh, now, I do this podcast every week, but it's just not the same as standing before a congregation and, and having interaction with people. Now, I'm reaching a lot more people with this podcast than I ever spoke to on a Sunday morning. But, you know, it's still just not the same. Another thing that I really miss is doing the Christmas Eve service. Because it was a family thing. Usually, our kids and grandkids were, were there. And, you know, we would usually do a skit of some kind as a family. And it was just a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. But the third thing that I miss is communion. I know I've talked about this before, uh, but it's my podcast. I'll talk about it again. Uh, in the churches where I served, we did communion the first Sunday of every month. My first full-time appointment, one of the two churches that I had was kind of an ordinary church. And they had like a suggestion box and somebody put in there, you know, well, why do we have to have communion every month? You know, so the preacher doesn't have to preach as long a sermon. I would think they would be happy to not have to hear me. But anyways, to me, communion, uh, the first Sunday and on other special days, just was something that I really, really missed. And, you know, I got to deal with it, got to get over it, I guess. Um, now, Life Church, where we attend, they're going to be having services the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Uh, and then on that Sunday, the 27th, they're not going to have uh, physical services. It's just going to be online. And I understand the reason for that, because they'll be having services on Sunday, uh, the 20th. And then I think it's seven services altogether uh, between the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So you've got a whole bunch of volunteers that, you know, lead the worship and, you know, do the audio, visual, and all that sort of stuff and everything else. And so, you know, it's just that Sunday is going to be a day off for everybody, but there will be a, an online service. But I really miss 
being a pastor during the Christmas season. I want to share with you a song that we would always sing at our Christmas Eve service. And I've maybe shared this before, but uh, just listen to the words of this. It's called A Communion Hymn for Christmas. And there's five verses to it. It says, Gathered round your table on this holy eve, viewing Bethlehem's stable, we rejoice and grieve. Joy to see you lying in your manger bed. Weep to see you dying in our sinful stead. Prince of glory gracing, heaven ere time began, now for us embracing death as son of man. By your birth so lowly, by your love so true, by your cross most holy. Okay. By your cross most holy, Lord, we worship you. Bethlehem's incarnation, Calvary's bitter cross, wrought for us salvation by your pain and loss. Now we fall before you in this holy place. Prostrate, prostrate we adore you for your gift of grace. With profoundest wonder, we your body take, laid in manger yonder, broken for our sake. Hushed in adoration, we approach the cup, Bethlehem's pure oblation, freely offered up. Christmas babe so tender, Lamb who bore our blame, how shall sinners render praises to your name? Do your own good pleasure in the lives we bring. In your ransom treasure, reign forever king. I like that song because it tells the whole story. The birth, the suffering, the death, the resurrection, salvation, it's, it's all right there. Now, I know we can't take Holy Communion together, but I want to look at it. Like I said, I really miss preparing and serving Holy Communion because it was always just such a very special privilege for me. And it would remind me of how unworthy I was to be doing it and how accepted I am in spite of my unworthiness. You know, it would always bother me when someone or someones would treat it as anything less. It is to be seen as a time of grieving because of the death of Jesus, but it's also a time of celebration because we know he lives. You know, occasionally I'd have to remind the congregation of what the time meant, you know, before we would really start the communion service part. You know, I would just really explain, you know, this is what we're doing and this is why we are blessed to be able to do it. You know, especially if, you know, the, the month before I saw, I guess, disrespect during the time that we were uh, celebrating communion. You know, I, I always served small churches 
less than 100, sometimes maybe only 20 or so. And people would come forward and receive the bread and the juice. Uh, we would do it by intinction. Uh, Diane would, we would have a loaf of bread. And that was important because, you know, in the service it talked about breaking the bread. And so, you know, I would physically break the bread. And then as we're serving, Diane would break off a piece and hand it to some people. Uh, other people would just break off a piece themselves. In this time of COVID, I'm sure that that wouldn't be happening. But a lot of churches, they weren't familiar with this. And for some people, it was a real problem. And we would sometimes get in some rather heated discussions at meetings. There was one man that, you know, was very insistent, <coughs> excuse me, on the fact that, you know, while it clearly says in the Bible that they drank the wine, and, you know, he's right. And, you know, when we would have communion, we would have those little plastic cups that people would take and drink from. So my, you know, response to that was, you know, yeah, it does, but they would all drink out of the same cup. You know, are, are you ready to do that? You know, if there's 100 people for communion and you're number 98, uh, are you ready to drink out of a cup that 97 people before you drank out of? I don't think so. Okay, long before this time that we're going through now, nobody would be too cool with that. Well, let me choose some lines from the song that I shared and take a look at them. Okay, in verse 2, it says, Prince of glory, gracing heaven, ere time began, now for us embracing death as son of man. Okay, Jesus has always been. Okay, there was never a time that Jesus did not exist. And there will never be a time when Jesus does not exist. So Jesus left the glory of heaven to come down to earth, not to be born in earthly glory. Okay, God could have chosen that Jesus would have been born to some queen or, you know, some high important person and, you know, be born into a, a castle with all of the riches. But no, he was born to a carpenter and his teenage wife to a life that may have been similar to yours or mine. You know, maybe just getting by, you know, and having to, to learn the trade of his earthly father as a carpenter, living in a, in a no-name town that, you know, people kind of looked down on. You know, the one place where we served our first full-time uh, appointment there was a church in each of two different towns, and those two towns uh, at one time had both had their own school systems and their own schools, and long, long before we got there, they had merged, but now, you know, 20-some years later, it was still, you know, the 
the Cherry Creek kids and the South Dayton kids and all. And so, you know, they were made fun of by the others of, because of where they were from, mostly by the parents that at one time had gone to those other schools before they merged. <coughs> well, and Jesus may have very well been bullied. Okay, hey, Jesus, who's your daddy? You know, you're just a bastard child. And, yeah, he never sinned. You know, I, I would have fought back. I would have struck out at someone. I would have tried to make somebody pay somehow. And I would have been probably angry at God for putting me into this situation. You know, and probably Jesus himself, you know, if that were true of him being bullied, he'd think, you know, Father, you know, I didn't really think it was going to be this bad. It was going to be this hard. Maybe you can relate. Well, verse 3 starts out, Bethlehem's incarnation, Calvary's bitter cross, wrought for us salvation by your pain and loss. I believe Jesus knew how things would end on earth long, long ago, long millions of years before he was ever born here. But did he remember that as a child, as a young man? Did he remember what he was going to have to, to go through? Was that something that was always on his mind when he started his ministry? Did he think, well, this is it. You know, this is the beginning of the end. You know, here I am, 30, 31, whatever years old. And I know I've just got a few years left here because soon I'm going to face the cross. If he did, I think he maybe had thoughts, maybe kind of like these. It will be worth all the pain because these people are so lost and they're, they're so struggling in everything that they do. You know, I'm ready to lay down my life for my friends. I especially like the, the last verse of the song. Christmas babe so tender, lamb who bore our blame. How shall sinners render praises do your name? Do your own good pleasure in the lives we bring. In your ransom treasure reign forever king. Christmas babe so tender. Jesus was a baby just like any other baby. He cried when he was wet or hungry. You know, when he was getting teeth, I'm sure it hurt him just like any other baby. He had the same needs that any other baby would have. You know, in verse 2 of Away in the Manger, it says the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. You know, I don't buy that, all right? You know, it probably was kind of cold and damp and stinking. And the, the noise in this stable or barn over the animals and all. You know, I, I think Jesus probably would have been crying at times. You know, just like my kids or my grandkids. Because he came to be one of us, not... A perfect us. Okay, the verse also says the, about the lamb who bore our blame. John one twenty nine, 
says, The next day John, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't say, Ah, oh, hey, here comes my, my cousin Jesus. You know, how you been, Jesus? No, John knew his place in the world to make a way for his cousin Jesus, the Messiah. John knew why Jesus had come to earth. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. The verse also asks a question. How do sinners render praises do your name? The word render means to supply or contribute to or offer or represent to exhibit something. So how can we offer or exhibit praise worthy of Jesus? There's an easy answer to that question. We can't. Okay, all the songs that have been sung, all the books that have been written, the services held, are puny compared to what Jesus deserves. The third line of the song says, do your own good pleasure with the lives we bring. In other words, Jesus, use me in any way that you see fit. Are we there yet? Am I there yet? Ready to say that to Jesus? We should be getting closer every day. <coughs> Excuse me. There's no reason to not trust the Lord of our lives. After all, he's the one who gave us life. What is it that maybe keeps us from turning our lives totally over to the Lord? You know, I, I really don't think I have anything to give the Lord. You know, I'm not very talented. I'm such a sinner. He wouldn't want to use me. All the things that he knows that I've done and things that I haven't done that I should have, why would he want to use me in any way? I'm much too busy. <laughs> I just don't have time to, to fit all this Jesus stuff into my life. Nah. Any of those sound familiar? God's heard them all. And a lot more. But he keeps on calling us anyways. The song starts out like this. Gathered round your table on this holy eve, viewing, viewing Bethlehem's stable, we rejoice and grieve. Joy to see you lying in your manger bed. Weep to see you dying in our sinful stead. We cannot talk about the birth without remembering the death. They both had to happen. All part of the plan. All found in the prophecies. I purposely didn't give you the end of the last verse. It says, In your ransom treasure reign forever king. Jesus is alive sitting at the right hand of the Lord, waiting for the time 
the, the father says, okay, it's time for you to go back to earth. Okay, Jesus waited thousands and thousands of years to hear that the first time. And now he's waiting again more than 2,000 years to hear it again. Now's the time, son. Now's the time. The manger had to give him up to Mary and Joseph. Mary had to give him up to begin his ministry. Death had to, excuse me, life had to give him up to death. The tomb had to give him up to new life. The good news for us, we will never have to give him up to anything. The babe became the savior of the world to reign forever king, like the song says. That is what communion is about. The joy of the babe, the grief of his death, the rejoicing of his resurrection. Father, I lift up my brothers and sisters that know you and love you, some that, that serve you in so many different ways and you know, just can't wait to just spend more time with you. But Father, I know that sometimes they kind of shake their heads and wonder, you know, why, why did you do it? What the shape that this world is in, Lord, it, your death and your resurrection just doesn't seem to make a difference to so many people. Lord, help us to, to show them how much of a difference it makes to us that you were born and that you died for our sins and that you rose from the dead. Lord, let us live like you expect us to live as your children. And Father, I lift up anyone that may be listening to this that, that doesn't know you, that maybe because of this Christmas time, they just happen to be looking through podcasts and, you know, maybe the, the name sounded like something they wanted to listen to or, you know, the As Is Ministries was something that sounded, you know, kind of interesting. But Lord, maybe they've heard about you before. Hopefully they've at least heard the, the real Christmas story. But Lord, let them have a desire to know the rest of the story. To know that you came to earth for them. That you died on the cross for them. That you rose from the dead for them. That they're not too rich or too healthy. They're not too big of a sinner. You know, like Paul says, you know, I'm the, I'm the worst of all sinners. And he was one of the greatest teachers. So, Father, help someone that's struggling and, and looking for the truth know that you are the only truth, that you sent your son to earth for them. And then you had him go to the cross to die for their sins. And then you had him rise from the dead that they know that they can have eternal life with you. All they have to do is believe and pray a prayer something like this. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. And I know your son Jesus is the only Savior there is. Father, I believe that. 
I want Jesus in my life. I want your Holy Spirit to be my guide. Please take me as I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.